Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amateur Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this Sunday by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. As I just said, we're recording on Sunday, better known as uh, Super Bowl Sunday, um, a Super Bowl that maybe people aren't exactly dying to watch. But, you know, the, even most of the people that say they're not going to watch, they'll they'll go to a party and they'll they'll watch it. I will be at a party where the game will be on TV and my eyes will probably see the photons being emitted from the flat screen at some point, but I will not be watching it. I won't. It won't be. I'll be watching it because, again, it's football. It's my it's my last last time watching live, meaningful football until August. So uh, but I, it definitely, definitely helps to put uh, wagers on the football contest to make you care that that definitely helps. Yeah. In fact, you know, some of those like, um, you know, who's going to score first? Those type of uh, what are those called? Yep. What are those bets? Prop called? bets. Prop prop bets. bets. The prop bets are fun. Prop bets are fun. We've got a five I mean, legs sp- specifically for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl yes. prop bets. I mean, that's got to if you're going to do a prop bet, that's the place to do it. Absolutely, it is. I mean, the Super Bowl is the you know king of prop bets. Check this one out. So my my special friend uh, that is in Iowa, one that he always used to put on put that is no longer honored for for whatever reason. I think it's when things have gone online. And they're more accessible. It loses the coolness, you know. It's like it's like yeah. once you turn twenty one and you can legally drink. It's it's not as cool as when you did yeah. it when you were nineteen. Anyways, his bet was the opening kickoff, so it's just the opening kickoff, and whether or not it's going to be returned. So you put a dollar value for every yard, and I usually I think they set the over under at the twelve yard line. So if you if he returns the kick, you're almost for sure, sure. making yep. money. So if you right. went, you know, a dollar per yard, if he got to the 20 yard line, you made yourself eight bucks. But if he downs it in the end zone, you're you're negative 12 bucks. OK, so if you do obviously bigger stakes and then if you do, you know, 10 bucks is, you know, one hundred and twenty dollars right there. If he goes to the 25, you made, you know, thir- uh, 13 or uh, 130 bucks. And then obviously if he housed it, you'd, you'd make all kinds of money. That's that's one of my favorite prop bets. I've only seen that's, that on the Super Bowl. I mean, that that sounds fantastic. And imagine be, betting the over in that Bears-Colts Super Bowl. Yes. To st- Wait, was that the opening kickoff? Yeah. I thought that was Wasn't the start it? of the second half. No, no, it was not. It was it was first half. I thought it was opening. Maybe the Colts went three and out and kick. Okay, or or no, they would have had no. It was opening. Yeah, it had to be opening. Yeah, it was. There's people scream. There's people screaming at us through there. By the way, newly crowned Hall of yes. Famer Devin Hester. Thank you. That when totally going off on tangents. I didn't think it would go off on here, but when they when you see highlights via athletes on Twitter. There's some that I just love to watch. I mean, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Barry Sanders. I didn't know how much I needed a Devin Hester return highlight until I oh, got man. that one and forwarded it to you and our buddies. Like, they, I mean, it's just nothing more electric, I think, and maybe all of sports, maybe a pick six. I don't know. Yeah. 
I agree. And as a Packers fan, I've been screaming for that guy to get in the Hall of It's crazy that he hasn't hadn't been there until now. It, it's just, he. I get it. They don't like to put it in special teamers, but he's so much better than anybody else who's ever done that. He's like the Babe Ruth of returning kicks. For sure. I, I agree that they should be extremely stingy with specialists because when a specialist gets in, it means they're exceptional. <laughs> he's obviously exceptional. Nobody has been better. I don't know if anybody will be better. I'm glad he's in. Me too. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So outline of the podcast is I got a fun little story to tell. Then we've got some big, we got a big potpourri of things that have, that have happened just gone on the last three or four or five days. Uh, and then we will get into our team grades just for the big 10 East. Uh, so all seven of those teams will we'll kind of rapid fire somewhat of those. I and mean, we will go through the season breakdown stuff a little bit, but uh, we're going to have some fun with it. It's not necessarily the most exact grade or or um, uh, MVP and stuff like that. So hopefully have fun. Um, so the first thing I'm going to start out with is a story. So I, I need your help here, Kurt. I need a name of a girl, any girl that would have been a common name for when you were in middle school, high school, or college or anything like that. Just pick pick a name. I just need. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the the name for the. That guy that did the crazy hot matrix okay. is the crazy one. We'll go <laughs> Tiffany. Tiffany. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a pretty awesome name for 80s, 90s. Because this is yeah. the, the circle of the story. So, so, so nice work. And then this one's a little bit tougher. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a tougher one. The, the name of any dude that could be like a, a good name for like an international man of mystery type of name. So so not Austin Boys, but like, yeah, some something kind of. You know, like the Dosecchi's guy. Like, if, if yeah, you I was gonna, guy, what? Okay, I was gonna say Eduardo. Eduardo. Okay, Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. You did real good. Okay. All right. So this is about my high school girlfriend, Tiffany. Okay. So Tiffany. So in high school, obviously, if you're dating said girlfriend, you get to know the family really well. Uh, my high school girlfriend, Tiffany. Her family was great. She had a younger brother. It was like the first time I could be an older brother. So, you know, it was good. We I, I got tight with the family. So Tiffany's family was, was you know, had some eclectic stuff to, to the family. Okay. And here is the most eclectic story that, that well, it's one, it's one of a couple, but th this is definitely one that I think you'll appreciate the most. Okay. So Tiffany's, I believe it was Tiffany's great uncle okay i don't think it was the grandfather i think it was like you know the grandfather's brother okay and he he did i grew up in iowa uh, tiffany's family obviously in iowa so 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 this guy eduardo okay the international man of, of mystery was was not from iowa he he was not from anywhere he he was always someplace okay um maybe not the most committed husband and father in the world uh, because he was too busy gallivanting around the globe with with certain people. Okay, stop me. Have I told you this story yet? Does does any of this sound familiar to you yet? No. Okay, I good. don't think so. All right. So, long story short, I I finally got to meet him. Okay, and it was a big deal that that Eduardo was coming by the house. Now, 
I was very interested, like stoked to meet Eduardo because, okay, I was a gigantic Harrison Ford fan. Okay. Obviously, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, loved him. Eduardo's buddy was one Mr. Harrison Ford. Oh, get out of here. Eduardo was a was a uh, pilot. And he was known back in the 70s and 80s, maybe 60s, whatever, as the pilot to the stars. Okay. Huh. Even did rumor. He, did he did he live in Hollywood? Dude, he lived in Hollywood. He he yeah, lived okay. where okay. wherever yeah. Eduardo Eduardo needed to live. Yeah, okay. Even rumored that Eduardo was was the inspiration for Harrison Ford to become an actual licensed pilot. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So Eduardo comes over to the house, you know, just just regular old, you know, middle class house in a in a little town in Iowa. So Eduardo walks in all by himself. He kind of gives off an aura, you know, and he kind of is he, he's playing to it. Right. There was there was a couple other people that were there to meet Eduardo. So Eduardo just sits down and starts telling stories. And I said, you know, were you really friends with Harrison Ford? He said, absolutely. You know, and he told I wish I remember he told one quick story and then said, you know, turn on the, the show and movie. I think it was clear and present danger. And there is a very quick scene in the movie that's starring Harrison Ford where he's in it. And I turned it on, like, not that day, like, quickly after that. There he was. He In, in a very quick scene, Yeah, he, they died, right? Like, everybody that was next to Harrison Ford died really quickly. If I right. saw the movie, I think I could pick it out pretty quick. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, maybe Eduardo is, is telling the truth on this stuff. So he's just telling stories. He's got an audience. Here's another thing. Okay. Again, I don't know how this works out. In the TV show Seinfeld, this is the connection, obviously. When the voice of quote unquote George Steinbrenner was on the TV screen, who provided the voice to George Steinbrenner? Well, it was Larry David. Correct. Correct. However, that was not Larry David that you saw as the back of his head. Right. It was, it was Eduardo. Okay. Now you have told me that little part of the story okay I, I i told you that part okay the you met who who's yeah that's the only part you've told me though all right all right that's probably uh, up to this setup. point that was probably a better setup maybe but anyway so that was interesting and then, the, and then the last interesting thing to it this is just freaky supernatural stuff so like i said not not the most present husband um he he died uh not long after i i met him okay and how this went down was he was flying an airplane and crashed the airplane and, and died. It actually got hung up in some trees like right before or after the runway. I, I can't remember. So this is before cell phones. Okay. You know, quite some time ago. So when he, he, he died, he was probably dead for a couple days before his wife was, was notified or at least like a full day or something like that. Okay. She was home alone, sleeping, and in the middle of the night, she hears something weird going on inside the closet of their bedroom. She goes into the bedroom, and there was a toy airplane that had suddenly turned on and was making a noise. And she heard that and was like, what the heck, and turned, turned it off. The next day or the day after that, she finds out that almost the exact same time, 
that that toy was going off in the middle of the night. Her husband actually died in an actual accident. Airplane accident. Wowza. That yeah. is something right there. Can't make that stuff up, can you? What made you, what prompted you to tell this story on this so, podcast? Something popped into my head that reminded me of that story. And I, so the, just naturally the story goes through your head. And then I'm like, I got to tell Kurt the story. I think he would like this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell Kurt this story on the podcast. So there you go. That was the yeah, genesis. Of- the, that's, that's crazy, wacky, wild stuff right there. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love hearing stories like that. I mean, unfortunately, the guy passed away. I don't like passed hearing away. that, but yeah. Other than but that, wow. other yeah. than that, yeah. All right, there you go. But I don't, I don't know crazy. how you, I don't know how you transition from that into football. But we're, we're, we're gonna do it. Maybe something as mystical as the story I just told you is the, how's that? The Big Ten, SEC. I don't even know what they're calling alliance, whatnot. Well, let's not call it the alliance. It's not the alliance. We've, yeah. we've already had one of those, and we don't want part two of the. <laughs> That embarrassing that alliance was looking back now that there's not even a Pac-12 anymore. No, there's not. Uh, my guess is the alliance won't have as negative of the, whatever you call this won't have as negative effect as the last one did. Uh, so obviously it's Sankey and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti. I mean, this really is almost like Russia and the United States to, to take another trip back in the 80s. You know, they they can you know, mutually destroy themselves. So let's be big boys and just make an agreement. And we know how this is, what this is setting up, which is... I, it's going to be... It, it's going to be a breakaway from the NCAA, right? They're, they're not going to be governed by the NCAA much longer, I don't think. Or they're going to dictate the shots, dictate the rules to the NCAA to have them oversee yeah. those rules? I guess that wouldn't be the dumbest idea, to be honest with you. Someone's got to be in charge. There's already an organization there. I mean, an incompetent one, but but you can set up a new one. It's going to eventually become incompetent as well. Right. So because that's just, just that's what bureaucracies do. They become correct. incompetent. That Every single one of them. That is correct. that is correct. Yeah. So this will be no exception. This will actually feed into we were going to talk about this, folks, on this podcast. But by the time we kind of sandbagged and recorded it. This topic right here would be its darn near own own podcast. So we'll put that on the front of the Big Ten West team grades podcast that we'll get out in the next week or so. Um, but but this all leads into where we know this is going. I mean, it seems painfully obvious. New rules need to be written around recruiting, NIL, transfer portal stuff. Everybody knows that the Big Ten and the SEC are the ones dictating the terms. So they might as well just come go out front and center and say, we're going to start dictating the terms. Cause I think that's pretty much what this, this is starting to signify. Yeah. I mean, things are out of control right now and uh, shocker by the way. Yeah. Who, who could who have predicted that? Kurt? Who, who could have predicted any of this? I mean, I was oh. assured, hold on. I was assured yes. by the national media that this was going to have no effect on college football. Yeah, uh, especially there was a a, a friend, uh, a frenemy of the podcast that assured me, what, you, you think they're going to pay the left guard money? That Nothing different is going to change there. Boy, it's all changed. Oh, uh, actually, did did you see what Mike Loxley said just this week? I did. A third string running back wanted 100 grand. Just, just a third string running back. Like, hey, yeah. I can go get this money anywhere. And, and maybe it's that first lesson where you say, I'm probably only worth 70, but I better ask for a hundred because maybe I'll get it. 
Well, and by the way, I don't blame the kid. No, it's no, it's this whole thing is don't hate the player, hate the game. It's I, I, I cannot, I cannot, yeah, I cannot, uh, besmirch any of these kids for trying to go and get the bag. I, I would do the same thing. Yep. I, I wouldn't have been worth much. I'd been like, can I get a nice gift card? You know, like pick a restaurant or something. I think that's what I would have negotiated for. One of those gift cards has got like 10 restaurants on it that you can go Ooh, to, you know? Yeah. You know, like you, yeah. Go to, you go to Red Lobster if you feel like You go to Chili's if you mm-hmm. feel like it. One mm-hmm. of those. Because maybe I could have got two dates out of that back in the college days. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching on to another topic that's, I guess, part of the madness, right? By the way, on the last podcast, I don't know if anybody got my reference, but have have you seen the movie Pineapple Express? Yeah. Okay. In the dumpster, right? Where he jumped in the dumpster to hide from the cops. And he's like, what are you still doing in the dumpster? He's like, well, I'm already in the dumpster. You know, like, let's hide in the dumpster. You don't don't remember that part? I got to remember that part. I only saw that movie one time, I think. Yeah, and typically, if you were watching that movie, you know, the best way to enjoy it is by, you know, yeah, staying with the theme of the of the movie show. Sure. Okay. Anyways, my whole point is, you know, college football is is essentially we're we're all in the dumpster together. And one of another signals of this is our guy Bill O'Brien. So Bill Bar- Bill O'Brien was a free agent coach, gets hired by Ohio State, enough that he. I mean, he was on the job. He he presided over what many say was a very impressive team meeting on what his goals were for the team, what he wanted, how things to look, whatever. Before they even, you know, put the names Bill O'Brien, I I, I wonder I wonder if he got a nameplate on the outside of his door. Did did they even have that done yet? What do you think? Boy. You'd have that's a that'd be a pretty good operations team at OSU if they got that done that before quick. he actually walked. Yeah, that I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I, I mean it's, it's a huge it's university. I, I, you know right. how many how many names down the list was he? I'm like, got to take care of the professor in the civics department. You got yeah. Oh, it was, it was this Bill O'Brien guy. Nah, they didn't get to him. My guess is Bill O'Brien gets more of what he wants than the civics guy does. But you know, it's a good question. Anyway, so obviously, what are we getting at? Bill O'Brien. Barely even gets his seat warm, and he is gone. He is off to be the head coach of Boston College. We kind of alluded to on the last podcast that that Bob does what Bob wants to do. We we've we've got more proof of that right here. I, I mean, in the same thing that we just said about the Maryland running back, you can't necessarily na- you blame Bill either. This this job comes open, you know. I I guess I well, gotta kind of take it. I, I get. I mean, it's going to be more money, right? A lot of money, probably. I would think so. Head yeah. coach of Boston College, but double. I'm so I'm probably going a little overboard here. But it seems to me like the trend is because let's not forget this guy's this is an NFL guy. He was just in the NFL. The trend is going to the NFL, mm-hmm. not from the NFL. I'm surprised that he wanted to get back into college. And now to take over a, a program like Boston College, which, again, I'm sure he's getting paid well, but it doesn't seem fixable in, in today's climate. I, I agree. So, oh, it, and as far as the NFL to college, college to NFL thing, again, we we will certainly visit that on the next podcast when we're when we're in the in the dumpster. Um, he was not. I, I'm not sure if he was like gainfully employed by the NFL at this time 
So no. he, he was looking for a job and a paycheck. So it I, makes I a little it. bit more. Yeah. No, I get it. It's just, I'm sure he could find a job in the NFL. It just wouldn't be for as much money as head coach at BC. I don't think quarterback coach is pays nearly as much, you know, in the N or in the NFL. I think Bill has got an ego. So uh, if he, I mean, right. I mean, we know that, but I would say even amongst head coaches and offensive coordinators, he's, he ranks really high for ego. Okay. So I don't think he, I don't think he's going to be happy being the, the quarterback's coach for an NFL team. I think he wants something with a little bit more weight to the title. Certainly offensive coordinator at Ohio state has that. And then Boston college head coach as well. Well, then there's your answer. If he's, if he's that egotistical, then there's your answer. And if he's that egotistical, he says, well, I can make Boston college a winner because I'm just that good. So right. I don't think he's going to, he'll make them better, no. but we, we will see about that. So they, now just like that, we have uh, an offensive coordinator opening at Ohio state and who fills that offensive quarter. How how ironic is this? It but one Charles Edward Kelly, you folks might know him better as Chip, leaves his head coaching job to take an OC job. So we lose an OC to be a head coach. We replace him with a head coach that becomes an OC. I'm gonna make fun of Chip a little bit. I got a call from him, so just seeing if I needed any work around the house done. Right, right. I mean, the guy who did he not talk to in this off season? I will talk very briefly on the Iowa offensive coordinator but, situation. He, I'm telling you, folks, he, he contacted Iowa. What has it been like? Our, our guy, Mark Shipper, by the way, folks, if you if you want somebody that's got a stream of conscious of what's going on at UCLA right now, look up Mark Shipper at Fifth Down CF, CFB. Um, he's got some good ones out there right now. You, and, you could you could you could say he's not been unctuously talking about UCLA. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of an inside joke there. I hope Mark's laughing when he's hearing that. Um, and, and no laughing matter, at least from Mark's point of view, is the dumpster fire. I guess that's the theme of this podcast. Boy. That is UCLA athletics right now. Um, the basketball program, I don't even think, is, is doing very well. And the football program is bad. I mean, I would love to sit and talk to Chip and have him tell me, us, whatever, his side of the story. Because from the outside looking in, it, it looks like UCLA is not serious about its tackle football program. No, and I remember, gosh, I, I'm not going to be able to put a great estimate of the year. Let's just say like 10 years ago. I can remember just having this thought pop in my head why is ucla not good at football why can they never they, they don't it's not that they never have good teams why can't they sustain success at ucla or they're mostly mediocre i guess is probably you look back over the last what 30 years 20 years something like that and then it's so then mostly mediocre but never typically bad and no. i think if you look over the past 25 30 years mark helped me out with this They've had some darn good stretches of years. You know, it's, yeah. it's better than what you think. But I do but understand. Look at it now. And my, well, hold on. My bigger point was I, I just had to come to the conclusion well, they don't care about winning. They don't. I don't think they do. Um, and I, I, I think they care less now about winning than they ever have. You know, and you, you naturally start comparing them to USC. USC undoubtedly has reached higher highs 
and I don't think has had as many low lows as as UCLA. They're both in sunny Southern California. USC fans only care about USC football when they're torching people. Otherwise, people don't show up. I mean, that's 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 Southern California people right there. I right. don't think I'm I don't think I'm saying anything correct too unctuous with that take when I when I throw that out there. I don't know if that works right there. UCLA though seems to be just happy to be here now happy to cash them big 10 checks we've been talking behind the scenes as far as teams coming into the conference which of course is the new four west coast teams people seem to keep lumping UCLA in the oh man it, it this team you know Wisconsin's schedule just got tougher because of UCLA I don't even know if they play next year don't don't I, I'm just throwing a team out I'm not so convinced that UCLA was ever going to be that much of a powerhouse ready to, to, you know, jump on the big 10 competition. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and while we're on it, because it's topical, the PJ flex name was, was thrown out as a potential candidate when in our, our DM group, when that got thrown out there, I thought the person was joking. Cause I'm like, no way that PJ would be interested in, in UCLA right now. I mean, the stench that's on UCLA's program right now, why would he go there? I, I would love to know what coaches because these coaches talk, man. Yeah. It's like a it's like a sewing circle. I bet most coaches know that UCLA don't give a bleep about football. So yeah. and and my take was that 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 our 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 gopher buddy, Norwegian gopher, and I think a lot of people would agree with this. If Peach went to UCLA. UCLA would get no better and Minnesota no. would get worse. I think it would be a aggregate yeah. bad move for, for both programs. Sounds like if we recorded this podcast on Friday night, it seemed like it was going to happen. Now, as we record this podcast on Sunday afternoon, it seems like it's already done. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but I don't think I still don't believe that PJ was seriously considering it. I think PJ talked to them. Because why wouldn't you talk to him? It's only going to help your position at your current yeah. job. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I don't think PJ was ever going to take I I do not believe that. And I wonder if, you know, Mark Coyle, Minnesota's AD, was like, oh, yeah, you're going to go to UCLA? Check it out. You you report back to yeah. me. I mean, honestly, I think I, I wonder if ADs would have that much much confidence. Like, good luck, good luck getting what you think you're going to get. Because pay, uh, support... It does not look like it's it's getting thrown out very hard by the UCLA brass. And I think I was going to say this before I interrupted myself or whatever, but it has been painfully obvious for like a year, let alone the last month or two, that that he, uh, uh, Chip has wanted nothing to do with staying at UCLA. What What has that been like for UCLA coaches, players, administrators? Yeah weird deal that we've seen he finally gets out it's... i mean he he did all but tell his boss i'm looking for work yes. i mean imagine telling your like you know you know what uh boss i can't be on this meeting i've got an interview right now yeah you, sorry you, i'm not gonna make it <laughs> you know what we we could wrap this all together he's essentially george in the nude bodysuit with the yankee uh, uh, World Series trophy, but behind his cart, like he's doing everything he could to yeah. get fired. Yeah. By the way, we should probably talk about Chip as as an offensive coordinator. Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot it's about an, that. It's an interesting hire. I think it's a. 
I think it's a good hire. I, I like too. it. I do too. Um, the the only thing I'm a little curious about, I don't think it's going to be, it's not a deal breaker or anything, but it just seems like the way that Ryan Day is building the team is to become a little more um, uh, physical, a little yeah. less on the finesse oh. side. So uh, does does Chip fit into that? I think he will. It's just a little bit of change of philosophy, but. Again, if you if you talk to our guy Mark, he will point out the rushing stats. Oh, I'm not kidding. No, okay. Oh, hold on. But you're when, you're talking style. I'm talking style. I'm not talking yeah. about rushing. I mean, there when he was at Oregon, they were a hell of a rushing team. People so, forget that they think of them as a pass first team. They were, really weren't. They were they were probably I, I don't know the the percentage, but I'm guessing they were very balanced, but they would, you know, spread people out mm-hmm. and then hit them right up the gut with the, yeah. with long runs. I mean, the thing that sticks in my mind, looking back at those Oregon teams was just these long straight up the gut runs that they would Correct. have all the time. Correct. So to use Madden terms, you can set up an offense as a power running offense or, or more of a zone agile is how they, so you recruit, you, you, you try to, or not recruit, get, bring in offensive linemen are is there are, is that a power offensive lineman are they more agile or whatever they were more agile and what you're saying is Ryan Day wants it to be more of a power which I I don't disagree would love to hear yeah. from Ohio State fans on that I I will say if I'm looking at it at 10,000 foot terms I believe uh Chip would take more of the rushing attack you know he's the he's the 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 rushing coordinator Whereas Ryan Day is is the throw game guy, if 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 it can be somewhat that simple, this this could be a match made in heaven. We'll see. I think so. I mean, and you know, this guy this guy has been doing it at a high level for a long time. You're getting a head coach, a guy that's been a head coach for a long time. It it doesn't get a whole lot better than this, I don't think. And I think Chip is going to be happier in a pig and shit because he gets to yeah. coach elite talent more than even what he had maybe at Oregon. Right. I mean, Oregon, the talent levels higher. I mean, it's just Oregon was just, you know, they were crazy for a while there. But the the talent that he gets access to <laughs> without needing to really recruit them. Now you've got your wide receiver clo- coach slash, you know, in parenthesis or in, in quotation marks, excuse me, offensive coordinator. He's the actual recruiter. So I, I my guess is Chip won't mind when the talent is literally brought to him where he never has to leave his office, he can turn around from breaking film, you know, just in the office chair and just flip around 180 degrees and start talking to a recruit. My guess is he doesn't mind doing that. He just doesn't want to be the one running the recruiting and being on the road. I I would be willing to bet Ryan day darn near. I I bet they wrote that into his contract how oh, little was, he has to spend on the road in this role. There is a recruiting clause. Or should there I say is. a no recruiting clause? <laughs> it is a bring up to me recruit. <laughs> so that's all the fun stuff with the yeah. how it's gonna fit with Day and 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 Chip. So I'm happy to have him in. And by the way, it's just another it's another drop in the bucket of how and I know it's the Big Ten stealing from the Big Ten, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I doubt Chip was taking an offensive coordinator position in the Big 12 because of pay. I don't know. Maybe Chip wanted to get out that bad. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But UCLA, by the way, is in the Big 10. So there are still names getting floated out there. We're going to make the assumption that they've moved on or or never were considering Peach. 
one name that is getting thrown out there that's making one Big Ten fan base nervous is Nebraska defensive coordinator Tony White. What do you think of that? Chances of happening, good hire, whatnot. Well, uh, so would it be a good hire? I I don't know that UCLA can make a good hire. Mm. Mm. I mean, I it, he's pretty unproven. He is pretty unproven. Let me say this. I don't think Tony White is going to take the leap from D.C. to head coach of UCLA. I think Tony White is smarter than that. And I think because I think Tony White, I've gone on record. This was before last season of how impressed I was from his interview from Big Ten Network. Like I, he's going to be a head coach. I don't think it'll be this year. And I don't I definitely don't think it'll be UCLA. But yeah, I, hear what you're, a... I hear what you're saying in that. UCLA probably won't make a good hire, so they probably won't hire Tony White. Well, and who knows? Maybe he'd be good, but I just I don't I don't think that's the guy you hire right now. Right. I just don't think I don't know that he's ready quite yet for it to be a a power five head coach. Just so, oh, I take I I don't disagree with that, but talent is talent. So my take is actually. Hiring Tony White would be a great hire for UCLA, but they won't do that. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't think Tony White's going to get hired. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the maybe. So then another one that Mark Shipper has thrown out is former Notre Dame and Alabama offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. You looked it up. Where he's in the NFL right now? Where what, what's he? Yeah, he's at he the doing? Cleveland Browns. He is the tight ends coach for the Cleveland Browns. And prior to that, he was at Alabama, Notre Dame, San Diego Chargers, and Northwestern. With what? What do you think of that? The the Tommy Reese smoke. I mean, I think that's, I think that is a solid. That, that's a guy that's been talked about for a few years now as the his next step as head coach. So I think I would say he's more ready than Tony White. I would consider that a better hire. I would put him equally ready, but Tommy Reese more of a viable candidate because you can sell the offensive side of things to UCLA fans as well as he got the, you know, the goat effect uh, from Nick Saban. So very yeah. much agree that that if both of these guys are candidates, Tommy Reese would be a better chance to get higher. I could see it. I wouldn't hate it. It would definitely be interesting to see how that would go. My advice to Tommy Reese would be, don't. So, <laughs> he's living in Cleveland right now. Yes. Coaching tight ends. And you're still like, don't go take the head coaching job in Southern California. Yes. I don't know if I disagree with you, by the way. I just find it funny. I mean, if, it's just, if you want to make a quick 15 mil in three years and then go find another job, okay, fine. If that's your plan. That would be because he's a young dude and I think still considered up and coming. Right. Yeah. I would love to sit down with a, a coach and ask them because I wonder how many coaches are like, yeah, man, you take that back. Right. Right. But I wonder if there's some coaches, you know, potential head coaches would say, no, you don't because you're set up for failure. That stink will be on you. So yeah. maybe coaches towards the end of their career there's a better chance that they take these jobs. They don't give a shit anymore. For I don't sure. know. I would, I for sure. I would love to ask coaches what their thought process is on yeah. that. Uh, then the last one, I don't get this, but Jed fish 
who just left Arizona well, to go to Wash. Okay, but here's the thing: we we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, Grandpa Simpsons these days, where you <laughs> yeah. you you walk in, you put your head hat on yep. the rack, yep. and walk right circle, you grab your hat, and you walk right out. We I, we just talked about one, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. So previously, I would have said that's insane, but I don't yeah. know. In today's in today's wacky wild world that is college football coaching, maybe it's not insane. So that's a, you bring up a great point that the the Grandpa Simpson part probably doesn't affect his thought process, but it is a step down from Washington to UCLA. No, it, it is. Yeah, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't do that. First of all, I'd rather live in in, in Washington than than Southern California. I don't know who's trying. Nobody wants to stay in California right now. But but certainly, just looking from the athletic departments, obviously the Huskies yeah. take this more seriously than the Bruins do. No doubt. Yeah. So so essentially, we just threw out four candidates, and Kurt and my stances. I wouldn't take that job if I'm any of those candidates. Mark, I, we're we're trying. I'm sorry, Mark. We're trying not to be too negative here. The thing is, I think Mark would begrudgingly agree. Because he knows that the university has to, they got to get their poop in a group to, to, to use another it, eyes on it, a big favorite. But it feels like University of Illinois circa 2015. That's that's the okay. feeling I'm getting where you just you're not even trying and you're making it very clear. You don't care about effort here. And all it takes is a president, an AD, or maybe just an AD that wants to be there and do their job. Uh, Martin Germond is the the current AD of UCLA that I can tell you, Mark, does not feel great about. So, uh, But I, what, what I'm trying to say is one good hire out of the two, or if, and certainly if you get both president and AD, things can clean up pretty quick with an athletic department. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because especially I mean, with that Big Ten cast coming in. Yeah. A couple more bullet points here. Uh, Don Wink Martindale is now the, the DC at Michigan. Um, I some big listeners may not know this. I'm a Giants fan, so I've watched uh, Wink's defenses the last couple years. A bit feast or famine is how I would throw that. And now, I'm, wouldn't you say though there was a time when he was kind of a hot commodity? Oh, absolutely. When he yeah, when Wayne yeah, came yeah, over yeah. to the Giants, I'm like, let's go. You know, uh, yeah. but th- things run out of favor quick in the NFL. I think it usually coincides with losing, you know, like a great edge rusher, and all of a sudden your all your schemes kind of fall apart. There will be no, you know, issue with having access to talent for Wink Martindale. I just kind of wonder if this dime possibly reminds me of a former Don defensive coordinator at Michigan blitz mm. heavy, you know, maybe not paying attention to all the things. I, I don't know. Do you, do you think that's a, I'm just kind of reaching for that comparison. I mean, it's, I love the comparison. I love the, the blast from the past there. I don't know enough about wink in the NFL to, but it's, I mean, it sounds like that's a style, huh? He's, he's, He's oh, he loves guy. the blitz. He lo- okay. he he, I mean, locks, that, he locks corners down and, and sends people. That sounds very familiar. Uh, so th- here's another one, though. NFL to college. Yep. Maybe the sky is not falling as That's much bad. as we, we think in college. Yeah. It'll be. Yeah, I, I, it's it, just it, it's odd to me. And this is a, this is an NFL guy, by the way. Yes. Yeah. This is not a mostly NFL, some college. This is an NFL guy. So this one is strange to me. I know he's got the connection to Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter. Um, 
they work together at yeah. the Ravens. But um, boy, this is a strange hire to me. And that is worth pointing out because Michigan fans have probably screamed at us up to this point. Jordan probably being one of them. Okay, I'm not saying this Don is like the last Don. I, I was kind of having fun with that comparison. I am aware that Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter, the two former defensive coordinators, were highly successful defensive yeah. coordinators at Michigan, yep. and they came from the Wink Martindale tree. Wink Martindale, as you and I joke, is he's the trunk. He's, he's, he's the, the trunk. base. Yeah. So we, my, we had the branches. Now yep. we got the trunk. Now we get the trunk. So I, I, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm. I'm bringing up that point. It's a valid point. We'll yeah. see. Recruiting, um, gonna make the assumption that it's gonna be chip like in that yeah. Wink's gonna expect the younger talent uh, on the staff. I mean, to to be brought into him, you know, as kind of a closer. How that's how I would do it if I was Wink. I I wouldn't want to be on the road. Wink's not. Mm. Wink's not. He's a little long in the tooth. You know, he's not, he's not a young young man. So that's that's interesting stuff, but. I am not adamantly saying this is a great hire or or a disaster. I just think it's darn interesting to see how this goes. Yeah, it's interesting. But but again, you've already you've already scored pretty big with the two previous ones that came from the NFL. So why not just go back to the well? And specifically from the Ravens. Because yeah, when right. when Wink was kicking ass, I mean it, it was mostly at the Ravens, which is when McDonald and Minter were underneath him. Is John Harbaugh going to run out of coaches on his staff to loan back to Michigan? <laughs> you know, with, with his bro not being there anymore, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I know he, uh, he's not, he wasn't with the Ravens when he, he was unemployed uh, when he took this job. So it makes a little bit more sense. But again, some interesting stuff. We will see how that plays out. Uh, by the way, head coach uh, Sharon Moore, he's still got a lot of putting together with this staff to do. The, I believe as we were recording this on Sunday, February 11th, I believe the 30-day window is still open for Michigan players to, to leave. Mm -hmm. The mass exodus that rival fans said would happen, haven't really seen it. I would say the major guys that left were already gone to the NFL. The major guys that came back are still on the roster. We have not seen – we haven't seen a lot of, of – of people leaving even with the coaching change official i guess winning makes people happy it typically it typically does it typically does here's something that uh didn't make people happy now has made people happy <laughs> iowa offensive coordinator tim lester i'm sort of open i'm definitely openly making fun of iowa media not everybody but too many of the iowa media that were making fun of the tim lester hire immediately before he was even hired did a little bit of their own research to come and find out that maybe there's some things in Tim Lester's work history to prove that he actually does know what he's doing, calling plays and coordinating an offense. It's been quite the, the the turnaround for Iowa media and some of the fans. Now Iowa fans are excited for Tim Lester. Yeah, um, well, the allure of the press conference. We we got to a little yes. dose of that. Yes, that's always fun to watch when when. Fans, you know, they they're they're holding out an opinion. They see the press conference, then they're all in. It's it's the greatest phenomenon in college fandom to me. <laughs> that that is like if somebody just did like a book called press conference, you know, like probably that would be, yeah. And and I have no idea. I I don't think it's a bad hire, by the way. Um, but some of the best 
press conferences have been the uh, absolute most disastrous results yes, afterwards. Course. Yes, that's you know? true. I hope that doesn't apply here, <laughs> but that is so true. Like, you know, you know, the press conference I'm thinking about is, uh, oh gosh, I'm so bad with names, but uh, get your chili hot. Uh, go for where the Minnesota Gophers hired head coach. Oh, um, Brewster. Yeah. Brewster. Oh, dude, you want to talk about a Timmy opening B. presser that was on fire. <laughs> Woo! And you're with welcome a, with a horrible with a horrible outcome there's one right there you're welcome minnesota gopher fans <laughs> for that illini you're welcome so, oh man that is so good i um, can't i can't ever even see his name without chuckling a little bit I know, I know, because of what he did it <laughs> oh man i'm not gonna say his last name but my buddy ryan when he got hired so my buddy ryan grew up in minnesota not even a gopher football fan so we got to know each other early 2000s because I moved up here and I'm a big Hawkeye fan. He has admitted to me that he became a Gopher football fan just because of how much it drove him nuts <laughs> that I was an Iowa football fan. So okay. when when he got hired, when Brewster got hired, he was like, it's on, man. We got a coach now. We are going to start recruiting and kicking your butt. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to see that tight end coach from the Denver Broncos come in and run this gopher program. I, I was not I was not convinced. And I, I, I think I proved to be correct on that one. Love you, Ryan. He listens to the podcast. By the way, Tim Lester, he of Wheaton Warrenville South, South High School. Yes. The same high school as John Belushi. Oh, the same high school as look at you. Oh, yes. Wow. At one Red Grange. Holy perhaps cow. perhaps you've heard we, of him yes we hired we hired some illinois royalty as far as the high school ranks goes indeed i gotta Hell. tell you i like that too because there's some players in that state uh maybe a quarterback every every now and then so i like the fact that maybe tim lester would have you know access to that state and those recruits yeah that high school's put out several really productive division one quarterbacks hmm, interesting. high level interesting yep. Well, we'll see how that hire goes. Um, there's a couple other things here and there, but I think that pretty much gets through the major bullet points. So what we are going to do is jump into the team grades. How we're going to do them is we're going to start with the top of the Big Ten East and work our way down to the bottom. Our friend Jordan, obviously not just a friend of the podcast. He is a part of the Eyes on Big Podcast. It's tough to triangulate a pod like this. However, I wanted Jordan's input so he gave me a, a percentage score for each team in a quick write-up. So I did my best to cut and paste without reading it. So it's as fresh as can be when I read his, his write-up. I told him to have fun with that. And then we gave an actual percentage grade for all three of us. We then averaged those percentages together to give you the the final grade for each team. I think that's as as, as judicial as we could have done that, correct? Yep. All right, so before we get into that, the Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that blend together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip need or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. First team up is, of course... The 2023 Michigan Wolverines, 12 and 0 regular season, 10 and 0 in the Big Ten, 15 and 0 national champions. Preseason game total or win total, excuse me. This is regular season here. Okay, 10.5. Big Kurt took 11 and one, hit the over. 
JTG, I took 12 and 0. So not only hit the over, I nailed their regular season score. So there you go. <laughs> Pretty historic year for the Michigan Wolverines. Okay, but before I give my grade, mm-hmm. I'd like to give my criteria. Oh, go. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Good job. So, this, I, I, obviously, you, you a big part of this is just the overall record, and you could, you know, put everyone on the same scale if you want to. But I'm not going to. It's what I expected them to do yes. versus what they actually did. So if I expected Indiana to win three games, but they only won three games. Uh, they're yes. Okay, maybe that's a bad example because no, no, but I'm right. still going to give them. I'm still going to give them a bad grade. I guess is what I'm Cor- saying. Like correct. They I, they were expected to win three. They won three. But sorry, you can't get a good grade if you only won three games. So uh, also, I am not counting the bowl games unless I feel like counting the bowl game in one particular <laughs> instance. And yes, I can change these as I go. Yeah. So I just the 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 thing with the bowl games, and I'll just go ahead and throw Ohio State out there. I mean, they were—they're basically playing a JV team out there. They were, you know, I, yep. I, I don't know. I just—I kind of have to throw them out at this point in college football. So I'm—I'm I'm mostly going off of regular season. I'm mostly going off of regular season bulls as well. I—I I use them if I felt that it was pertinent to to be a part of it. We're, but even you know, we're doing—you know, what we're doing we're doing the SEC thing. We're we're only going to use the bowl if we feel like it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is what we're doing. And it feels good. I, you know what I mean? Just a yeah, it's like power the weight off my chest. Yeah. yeah. Uh and, and I'm the same. Thank you for we I it's I, I I take the blame. Like I always do a bad job of setting that portion of our rankings and grades up is the actual criteria. You would think I would throw out the actual criteria that we're going off of as being a pretty important part of, of the grading scale. So thank yep. you for bringing that up. I'm mostly the same. Certainly expectations to reality is all part of that. So anyways, to reset it, Michigan Wolverines, 12 and 0, 15 and 0, 10 and a half uh, uh, preseason. They went way over that. We both picked over that. It was a historic, great year, obviously, for the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. I mean, so my grade for them, 100. Can't get better. Okay. So, okay. (laughs) My grade's 98. I, I, I was yep. surprised to see I don't know you do 100 because there, there was there, there, there were issues. Okay, like six games in the year, their their head coach was was suspended. There still is a chance out there that something could happen based off of the things that this team was. So all of the on field stuff and everything like that, everything gets 100. percent I'm I'm taking the totality. I, maybe I should have went 99.5. Okay, maybe I should have went 99.5. Hmm. But I I'm doing one little demerit for the off season situations. Oh, I know oh, two okay. I know two fan bases that that okay. agree that there should be a demerit. My guess All is right. a couple other. Yeah. So I can I can be talked into adjusting it down to a 99. Okay. Okay. Well, how about if you go if. To you and I, we aggregate out to 99. So it kind of works out. Okay. Okay. So that's it. But obviously, obviously, this was the best team of the Big Ten and the country. There's nothing that I believe is ever going to take that away. I don't believe major sanctions will happen against this team. That's that's my personal belief. Um, As far as team MVP, I challenge Kurt to have as much fun with this as possible. My team MVP is that Michigan 
committed to their style of play and didn't change that shit for nobody. So that's that's kind of a good on you, Harbaugh, good on you, Sharon Moore. They did the same thing. We are going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to play great defense. We're going to see if you can beat us. I'm just saying, Kurt, there are offensive coordinators and head coaches that when there's a sign of trouble, they stop doing that and they try to be what they're not. The yep. fact that Michigan never did that, the Alabama Rose Bowl probably being the best example of that, extremely yep. commendable. I feel like it's something that that people haven't talked about enough. Yeah, I like that. Um, kind of going along the same lines, my MVP is khaki pants, just for basically, you know, thumbing his nose at the NCAA, yes. saying F you and your hamburgers and all that crap. And going out there kicking everybody's ass and then mic dropping and walking off the freaking stage to the NFL. It couldn't have been. I mean, it was glorious to watch that this year. And the style, along with committing to it, is so Big Ten. This is the DNA of the conference. So they get special points for winning it with that style. So it's it's pretty incredible. Yep. As we said, Jordan grade was 100. Here's his write-up. Might be the easiest team to grade. 50 to no national champions. Hard to do any better than that, which he is correct. So at 100, 198, the total is 99.3, which is an A. I would consider that an A plus unless you have to be 100% to be A plus. I think that's an A plus. That's an A plus. Okay. Maybe we should take A plus because if I'm the one who stopped the A plus from happening, I might I might get destroyed by Jordan and, and Michigan fans. Trying to call it how I see it here. All right, next up, second place, the Ohio State Buckeyes, 11-1 regular season, 8-1 in the Big Ten, 11-2 overall preseason. Also, we're picked to have, uh, or their preseason over-under was set at 10.5. Big Kurt and I, womp, womp, we both went 10-2, and two, so we took an L on the season team total, uh, both going under that 10.5. Shame on us. Another... Good, but is it great? It's a very good season. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So obviously a very good season. Although if you if you look at some Ohio State fans on Twitter, you'd never know that. But it was a great season. But you can't I can't I can only go with the 90. I can't go it's gotta be an A because they were they were a great team. But I can't go I gotta go with the lowest A because they just didn't get the, the one thing done that they Need to do more than anything to speak. Yeah. They didn't do it. And the funny thing is, is I went back and listened to the the team grade podcast that we did last year because I want to try to get the cadence down and how we did stuff. I'm going to say exactly what I said on that last podcast for both Ohio State and the next team we break down. It's tough to grade this team because I think if I gave Ohio State a high grade, I believe Ohio State fans might be offended by that. As yeah. in... We're better yes. than that. You shouldn't be giving us an A. This is not what we expect from the season. Giving Ohio State a high grade would be a sign that things are slipping in, in you know, in Buckeye land. Yeah. So so I didn't do that. I gave him an 87. All right. Okay. So All right. B plus, not a high B plus, but a, a certain B plus. You know, they beat Penn State. The, the Notre Dame win was good as well on the road like that. Had they won the bowl, I probably would have given them a 90 
and 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 a minus. So I did factor in the bowl here a little bit because see, I I didn't, so I did not, I did not factor in the bowl. It did that's not. That's, it never got played, in my opinion. Which I understand because it was so obvious that that wasn't the Buckeye team that had played during the regular season. So I, I both, I, I both uh, um, support your thought process while I take the opposite stance. It just. The, the ending in overall, I guess I would say, to the season was 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 so bad. Team MVP, I went very few actual human beings for the team MVP, but for the Ohio State Buckeyes, this did constitute as one of them, which is wide receiver Marvin Harrison. I also went with Marvin Harrison Jr., yes, who I think is a future Hall of Famer and mm-hmm. who I think the Bears would be insane to not draft, even in the number one place, even if they don't think the the – even they think he's going to stick around, they can trade down to say three or five and still get him. No, take him number one. Don't even make it an option for anyone else. Which means the Bears will not do that. No, they you will know. not. I I can understand trading down if they get a King's Ransom, but that's your only choices. King's Ransom of picks and Marvin Harrison Jr. So I agree with you there. I don't I don't like either, I don't like these quarterbacks at the top nearly as much as people seem to like them no. that are breaking it down. By the way, we hope to have Thor Dystrom on the podcast to, to before the draft again. So 87 oh. from myself, 90 from Big Kurt, 90 as well from Michigan fan Jordan. Here is his write-up. 11-2 and two is a great season. Soured a little by how the season ended, but looking at it in the whole view, it's still a great season. D was elite and the O was fine, just not up to the OSU standard and he has the S and OSU a dollar sign. I wonder if there's a little <laughs> bit of a hidden agenda with that. But at 90, 90, and 87, that works out to an average of 89, which is a very high B plus for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Anything else you want to add there? No, sir. I will say the defense was incredible. Like Jim Knowles has built something amazing. In what would that team have looked like if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't on it on offense? Uh, like I think he was that big of a difference maker for the, for that offense. So it'll be interesting. Jim Knowles defense. Good dad joke. Got that one in there. All right, next team up, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They were ten and two overall. Excuse me, ten and three overall. Seven and two in the Big Ten, with of course the. Uh, uh, losses being against Ohio State and Michigan, as has as is written, season total nine point five. Both Kurt and I missed on this one, or we we hit on this. We got we got this one because Kurt went twelve and zero for the Penn State Nittany Lions. I went uh, eleven and one, so I had them beating Ohio State, but not Michigan. So we were both a little bit expectations a little bit higher than what the reality of Penn State season was, but still a very good Penn State team. Yeah, maybe a little wishful thinking of me just wanting something a little different out of the the Big Ten East for once. Maybe a little more hoping as opposed to predicting. I I still think very good season. So I can't look, it was 10 and 2 and I'm throwing out the bowl game. I'm not counting that one at all. Uh, So you're you lost to two of the best teams in the country as you know, as they've been doing for a few years now. So I realize it's getting a little repetitive, but I still can't go lower than a B. So I just went a solid 85 right in the yep. middle there. The the losses to Ohio State, 20 to 12. Now, some would say it wasn't that yeah. close, but th- it wasn't like they got outclassed by Ohio State. 
Uh, Michigan was 24 to 15. They also hung in there with Michigan, you know, on the road or no, that was at home. Ohio state was on the road. These are excellent teams that they're right there. So I would implore people seems to be coming from the South in the Tennessee area. You need to put some respect on Penn state. When this, when this program is fully loaded, it is extremely good. It just can't, quite get to that elite level yet i don't mean ever i just meant it hasn't been able to under franklin to to get to that level you have to grade them on the curve of but how many teams would have a winning record or even be 500 versus ohio state and michigan so it's a tough team to grade for me i I believe it's a tough team to grade you know what's even tougher is the team mvp so i i just said the the front seven or or the whole defense Hmm. If you if you put okay. something on me, I would say Chop Robinson. But when I saw things look amazing, it seemed to be the front seven just slashing and crushing people. Mm. So however Penn State fans would like to take that, the whole defense, the front seven, the D-line, I don't know. But that's that's essentially my team MVP. Okay, I'm going to go with an ironic one, a, uh, a sarcastic choice for my team MVP. I'm going with... The Penn State fan apathy. Wah! We only won 10 games. Wah! <laughs> Send the ambulance. That's B1GKURT to the <laughs> Penn State fans. Now, the funny thing is, is we've got, you know, a Penn State fan in our group that would agree quite a bit with you on that, yeah, saying, yeah. you know, Penn State fans act like the sky is falling. Um, I'm assuming you didn't factor in the, the bowl game with Penn State either. Nope. Very little factoring in. So 86 was the percentage grade that I gave Penn State. 85 for Kurt. 86 also for Jordan. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, of continuity there with the score. Jordan's right up 10 and 3 again. Good season. And a lot of fans are disappointed they didn't go over the hump. And the bull loss hurt. Again, elite D and O that left us wanting more. Overall, solid season and the future looks bright. Jordan banging that drum on Penn State being the team to beat in the Big Ten next year. He's been saying that since essentially he he got on the podcast, so he got one more comment in there. So that total there is 85.6. So using our scale, that is a solid, meaty B right in the middle of the scale. Next team up, the Maryland Terrapins, 7-5 and regular season, 4-5 and in the Big Ten, won their bowl, 8-5. and Overall, preseason total given by Vegas was 7.5. Kurt and I both nailed the Maryland Terrapins. We both predicted 7-5, and five, what the regular season record was. So that we both predicted a half game under. That's exactly what it was. Good job, you and me. What you think about the 2023 Terrapins? Yeah, it's almost like we pay attention to this stuff. So <laughs> the Terrapins, I can understand the fans being a little frustrated because the, the there was a point in the season where it looked like it was going to be a really really good season where you, you were starting to think I I don't know maybe they could knock off Ohio State Michigan Penn State um and then they really fell flat on their face in that Illinois game so I can't go super high this was a really tough one to grade this is probably the toughest one for me to grade it still ends up being a good season at eight and five um so I I went with an 81 okay yeah it's a it's a pretty consistent grade. You know, you're talking about how hot they were from the gates, right? Yeah, yeah. If if we did these as a grading scale for more for a movie, 
you know, if like we did movie grading scales, um, we've seen this movie is, is what I'm, I'm awkwardly trying to set up here is that it looks the same. Ohio State, they lose, but they look really good versus Ohio State in that game. And then you're right. Then they lose to Illinois and you're like, what the heck? And then Northwestern, um, our guy, John Vandy, who is a great Terrapins fan. I think that was right about what, you know, he he, he was, he was ready to take a, you know, long walk off a short roof. Um, So, and I get it. Like Maryland fans are, are, are tired of that. I support their tiredness of what that looks like. Maybe this is a team that when they get into being in a little bit different style of Big Ten, maybe it's got a little bit different flavor. Maybe you get a loss, <laughs> as weird as this sounds, if they actually had a loss at the beginning of the year, maybe that would actually help quell the expectations and the overall feel of the, you know, if you kind of disperse things a little bit. I don't know, because they just always seem to be so streaky on the schedule. Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing, okay, you, you're coming off an Ohio State game, so you lose to Illinois, pretty deflating. But if you turn right around and, and beat Northwestern. It's fine. Oh my gosh, it would have been, yeah, yeah, it would have been a completely different feel to this season. And and you know when we break down Northwestern, that might have been the inflection point for both teams right there, Northwestern yeah. and and Maryland right there, because you know we weren't expecting that at all out of Northwestern even up to that point. As far as the team MVP, this was an easy one for me. It's lots of schemes. They still continue to be the story and the feel of this program is locks calling up plays. He didn't speaking to Illinois ever since he's been back at Illinois. He never disappoints. That guy knows how to draw plays up and make them happen. I'm going with the Terps fans who stuck around after the Illinois and Northwestern losses. They're, they're an angry bunch, but if they're there, good for them. <laughs> good for them. How, how is hell in the shell doing these days? I wonder, I haven't heard from them. I, I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. I, it, it's been, I interacted with them. I'll say a month or two ago. So he's yeah. still around. Yeah. yeah, he's still alive and kicking. They're they're out there. People question me like, they're, oh, Maryland fans, you know, football fans seem to be the ones that like traditional Big Ten fans, you know, talk too much, you know, junk about. They're out, they are out there, and I want to give them a shout out. So good, that's a good shout out. Uh, my score eighty, Big Kurt with an eighty one, Jordan with a seventy nine. So we're all right there. Jordan's right up eight and five overall feels like it needs to be the floor going forward. Season was a roller coaster after another good start. Locks continued to show he will find ways to score points. The post Leah era begins and they may have been one of the biggest benefiters from no more divisions. So a point that I brought up Jordan then brings up great minds think alike. That average is very easy. That's a very clean 80. That is a B minus a floor B minus, but I would say to locks and Terps fans, that is a sign of respect that Locks has yeah. raised the grading scale on what we think yeah. of Maryland. Now we're all anxious to see if he can take the next step forward. All right, next team up, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, six and six regular season, three and six in the Big Ten, won their bowl game to get to seven and six overall preseason. Vegas had their win total pegged at four. Big Kurt and I both said four and eight. So we neither win nor lose the, the season total because we didn't, you know, it's essentially, but they they easily go over getting six wins when we think about the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, because they overachieved, I have to give them a good grade here. And the other thing about it is 
I really felt like this was kind of Shiano's make or break year. Okay. We 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 saw that the coaching was good out of the gate, but he couldn't get anything going offensively. And I mean, I was getting frustrated as a yeah. non-Rutgers fan. And I thought if he did that again this year, they'd probably start thinking about somebody else. And boy, did they, I mean, they had one of the greatest rushing attacks in the whole the whole conference. And Kyle Manungai, I mean, just what a load that guy was and what how much fun was he to watch. So I went with an 85 here, a nice solid B, mostly for the overachievement side of things. I mean, for me, they the, the win total that was predicted was four. I said four. They darn near doubled that with the bull. So I, I factored that into my grading scale big time. Obviously, team MVP. I mean, I don't think anybody listening to the podcast would expect any different. I have the fun guy, Kyle Manung guy. I felt like he was the one that set the tone for the whole offense. Gavin Wimsett, I believe, took t- steps forward. The passing game looked a little bit better this year. And I think part of that was Manungai drawing that defense and them linebackers in to let some of the zone keepers, you know, work some of the throws behind the linebackers. So, so good on you, Kyle Manungai. It looked better. This was an extremely difficult uh, uh, schedule. I mean, you start out with Northwestern, that's a bull team, right? And, and, and they crushed them. You got Michigan, Virginia tech was a bull game, obviously Ohio state, Penn state, Iowa, Maryland, all of these bowl teams, some elite teams, they played almost all of them, still figured out a way to get to six wins, to get to a bowl game, and then win the bowl game. I factored in the bowl win to this because I, be- I believe to Rutgers and the team they played, which was the U, they were trying to win that game. That was a good bowl game that both teams were trying to win. Rutgers beat them fair and square, so I definitely factored that into my scoring. I factored in the bowl game. You know why? Because I liked watching it. That's the yes. reason. I don't need a better reason than that. I liked that watching is, it. That so is a good there, reason. Uh, one stain on their entire season to me, and it's not a bad loss, but man, if you could have beat Maryland to finish off the season and go seven and five, that would have been something. I would have probably Pretty given sure. them an A if they had done that. And my MVP is also the fun guy, mushroom man, <laughs> Manungai. Yeah, he was excellent. So I went with a higher score than anybody here. I went with an 88. Big Kurt with an 85. Jordan stingy with the percentage at 81. His write-up, 7-6 and on the surface looks kind of meh, but any true big fan knows this is a big deal. A great D, an identity on O, helped the team get where they did. The future is bright and piss-scat-away. So that total comes to 84.6, which is a solid B. For, for Rutgers. I think that's fantastic. All right. Second good, to last team here. Good on you, Scarlet Knights. They did well. Second to last team here, the Michigan State Spartans. Three and nine regular season. Two and seven in the Big Ten. Three and nine overall. Vegas had Michigan State at 4.5 wins. Big Kurt was confident in, in the green. Uh, went six and six. I was not much different. I was at five and seven. So we both whiffed on Michigan State. I want to throw out that I blame the Big Ten Network because their coverage of the team and the (laughs) breakdown had me intoxicated. I thought that like things were coming together. And I I, because I had them, I think, literally at 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 four and eight. Um, and and then I switched after that and gave them a win or two. I I can't remember. So that I'm I'm making an excuse, obviously. I just I just was wrong. But anyways, Michigan State, yeah. So, so obviously, a dis- tough year, disappointing year. 
Um, the one thing I'll give them credit for is through all the turmoil, they didn't look like a, a putrid football team. That's a great can point. We, can we say that? I mean, four wins isn't exactly pretty either, but you can't give them a good grade because only four wins. Um, three wins. There were three and nine. One, two, th- I've got, f- I've got Central Michigan, Richmond. Oh, my bad. Four and eight. My bad. I screwed that ne- up. Four eight. Nebraska yep. and yep. Indiana. Four eight. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. So, you know, it, so I, okay, I went with 61. But I got to go. Four wins. I'm sorry, Michigan State, Sparty. That should never happen, even with all the turmoil. 61. Yeah, it's it's a fair grade. It's going to be really pretty consistent here. Uh, this this is going to be a, a fun one to break down once we get through everybody here. I agree. There there still were moments in the season. You know, they start out two and zero. They get blasted by Washington. Makes makes way more sense now, right? Maryland getting beat 31 to nine. That's the first time where we thought we're, you know, there might be something tough going on here. And I believe that's right around, right around when things went haywire with, with their head coach, with when, when Tuck untucked and got into some issue. Ah, um, damn you. I, I wanted to use that. Sorry. And as far as the team MVP, I put midnight phone calls. Okay. Because <laughs> I believe well, Michigan. I, okay. Go ahead. I went Tuck for untucking. Okay. Well, because because but he, well, you finish. Go ahead. Well, you what know. I was gonna, I wonder if you're going to say the same thing as Michigan State fans, like our guy Dougie, pretty quickly was saying this is this doesn't look good, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they had Michigan, the more savvy Sparty fans, I believe, had kind of started hearing that things aren't great in East Lansing, and that Tuck wasn't exactly doing what he should be doing as a head coach. So by the time these things came out on him, I think Michigan State fans are like, okay, we've gotten to the point where we've eaten through, eaten through the rotten peach. It's just time to, to move on with it. So I don't think Michigan State fans take back the midnight phone calls at this point because no. it got him out to a coach to come in that I think they feel better about. Yeah, um, I would say Tuck didn't exactly have things buttoned down. <laughs> no, he did, or buttoned up, or any he, form he, of button. buttoned up. So, buttoned up. There you go. He, he liked things didn't, unfurled. Didn't have things nice and zip tight. <laughs> um, by the way, if I'm not being a douche, I would take tight end Malik Carr, running back Nathan Carter as the team MVP. <laughs> Those guys were bright spots. So Big Current went with a 61. I went with a 60. Jordan went with a 50. Five. Uh, his write-up. The season never really had a chance. Hard to really judge the players on this team for anything that happened, but the season was a big waste. What was the highlight of the season? Feels like everyone had a moment. Not sure what Sparty's was. Maybe it is what it is for the better in the long run. So kind of the thing, same thing we're saying. But with those total together, that averages up to 58.6, which is an F on the grading scale. Anything below 60 mm. on our grading scale was an F. So... And uh, I, I I gave them a just passing grade because I didn't feel like they just gave up on the season. Jordan was not impressed, and and his uh, score anchors them down into the failing you, side. You know I, why I gave him the passing grade? I don't want to see this again next year. <laughs> By the way, get out of here. Go. That's uh, that's uh, how my buddy Michael, our rest in peace, uh, and I graduated swimming lessons. We were so awful as swimming lesson participants 
that, you know, they just did not want to see us. So they just got us out of there, which is probably bad because that meant she there were graduating poor swimmers as, you know, second and third graders. But that's how we did it. Two words, physical chemistry. There you go. Where we where we did swimming lessons first thing in the morning. OK, unheated pool. And it was like June. It would be like just bitter cold. You wanted nothing yeah. to do with that pool when you were a kid, you know, completely different. Yep. Anyways, oh, yeah. OK, last team was in last place, which was the Indiana Hoosiers. Three and nine regular season. I think that's where I got the schedule screwed up. Sorry about that, Sparty. Three and nine regular season, one and eight in the Big Ten, three and nine overall. Vegas had them set at four. Kurt went three and nine. Good on you, Kurt. You nailed him. I was a little too positive. Apparently, I went five and seven. So Kurt got the win. I got the loss there. What do we think about this year's Hoosiers? Yeah, not a whole lot of positives here. The the one thing you can pull from the season is beating Wisconsin. That was a heck of a game. You know, they uh, it, it does it did seem like a team that was still giving it their all the the whole season. I, I don't remember them packing it in yep. at any point. Correct. Um, but obviously terrible team, sixty and a half percent. Sixty point yep. five was my grade. Uh team MVP, I have Tom Allen's teeth. Because it was the only thing that shined hmm. brightly all year long for the Hoosiers, and then if I'm not if I'm not being a douche, wide receiver Donovan McCauley what was fantastic. Hmm. I was very impressed by him. Huge of him to portal back to Bloomington. I think Hoosier fans got to be excited about that. This is one thing that that for some reason I just really love in the game of football when a wide receiver is literally unstoppable, and when when he was playing against Illinois. He was unstoppable. They could just fling the ball in his general direction, mm -hmm. and he was going to catch it or draw a defensive pass interference, and he did every time they threw the ball at him. Just incredible to watch, so I totally agree with that. But I went with the transfer portal. The reason for this could have been worse. With yes, the transfer yes portal. That, is, that is actually a good point because there were times where it looked decent. I mean, they had to start with Ohio State, so they start with the loss. Destroy Indiana State. They looked, you know, they were on the same page with a very good Louisville team. Then it was weird because you would think they would kind of walk away against Akron. They barely win there. That, to me, was the first sight of, uh-oh, something doesn't look as good. And then they lose their next four after that. So then I, I don't know how they beat Wisconsin, one of the weirder, you know, upset wins of the year for sure. So I gave them a 60 uh Again, I maybe if they didn't beat Wisconsin, I would have flunked them, but it falls under the they were still giving it a try out there, even with the coaching change being eminent and all that stuff. Jordan also went with a 60, so we were pretty consistent there. Jordan's right up. Disappointing is the word that comes to mind with the Hoosiers. They always seem to be in games but could never get over the hump besides versus the Badgers. The fact that they were always plucky makes me feel a little bit better about them, but still overall rough season. Their average comes to 60.16, which is a D minus. They they just barely passed by the skin of their teeth. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see the Siggy spark it up next year. <laughs> well played. Well played. As far as how we did so far in the going against the season totals, Big Kurt, you are four and two. You're four and two. So you're, you got a winning record going into the West. You took three overs, 
three unders and you got one push. I am at three and three. I took four overs, two unders and one push. So um, anyways, you know, we we're, we're, we're okay. We're, as a podcast, we were, we were winning with the overall record. So nice. All right. Uh, next one up is going to be big 10 West grades. Probably talk about the, the dumpster fire that is uh big 10 or, or excuse me, college football. And maybe we would have the Jersey manifesto could, could make an appearance on the podcast. Our, our rules for grown men wearing jerseys or not. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I would like to do that. Yeah. We got to finalize that. We, we got hot for a while there and then we kind of, we kind of, you know, trailed off there a little bit, but we'll see. Maybe that'll yeah. be, that'll be a fun one right there. That would be a fun one. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. You got anything else you want to add? No, not really. Other than, um, yay. Super Bowl. Yeah. It, listen, I'm going to watch. I, I'm looking more forward to the food. I made chili on, uh, Friday. Just wanted to make sure it was good the next day. It was good. So two days later, cause you know, you got to make chili at least 24 hours before the company comes on. But Long story short is I'm looking more forward to the food and appetizers and the company yes. that I actually am watching the game. But I well, do have the I do have the over. I, I do think we'll see some points, but but we'll I'm see. going somewhere where there will be a smoked brisket. So that oh, I am I'm very excited about that. I'm making my homemade salsa. Nice. Which is very famous, which I don't okay. think you've ever had. I should I should make no, it. No, I would I would I would like to um, try that sometime. Uh, so those things I'm excited about. Although I will say I'm more excited about the game than than I am the commercials. Yes, I'm more not, excited about the game than the the commercials. I I think I, we I, know has it's 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 run its course. Like there's one or two good commercials, but other than that, it's 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 overplayed. Yeah, but there it's weird because there was a time when the commercials were actually good. Yes, when part of was it, it is there, expect, or was like, yes, absolutely. Part of it was expectations. Is Way yeah. back in the day, Super Bowl commercials were just commercials that you would see right. throughout the year. It wasn't this gigantic event that it took off, I would say, somewhere in the early 90s, maybe something like that, mid-90s. I don't well, know. Well, you remember the 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 famous one was the Apple. Wasn't it an Apple sure. ad where, yes. where they threw the hammer through the screen mm-hmm. like reminiscent of 1984? Yep. Um, and that Which would have been, it, didn't they do that one in 84? 84, correct, yeah. So I think that might be the actual demarcation when b- the commercials became a thing for the Super Bowl That at that moment. Yeah, and it was huge for Apple, which, again, to our younger people, barely anybody knew what Apple was back then. It was just right. a boxy computer that was kind of cool, but yada, yada. Uh, nobody thought it was going to take over right there. But yeah, anyway, so um, uh, that, that was a huge point. And then... You know, like Super Bowls for me, like when it was really hitting its streak was Whitney Houston, you know, singing the still the oh, great yeah. national anthem of all time. We were, you know, at war at that point. Um, so like that was when the Super Bowl, I felt, started to take on mythical situations. So the real estate of having a commercial right around then was just incredible. That yeah, time. that's probably true. But, and, but, and- they, but it was still a surprise, like when it was a funny commercial, which was typically always seemed to be Budweiser you know, was the ones that decided to let's make this funny. Then at some point, it's like, it's like, you know, my five-year-old, okay, is funny mostly because he doesn't try to be funny, right? My eight-year-old is now old enough where if he's going to be funny, he's got to rip out a a good one, okay? It's got to be funny because now you're more aware when you're eight. That's how I would explain the Super Bowl commercials. We're all too aware of, of what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's uh, they're all so forced. 
by the way, I can wrap this all up and neatly. Um, the, the family and I went to church this morning and, uh, as we're pulling in the, the guy that was ushering our car, it's a busy parking lot, you know, old dude, white hair and a, and a mustache. And my eight-year-old goes, that guy looks like the coach of the chiefs. I don't know. It was funny. Really? Yeah. And he looked exactly, looked exactly like Andy Reid. No kidding. Yeah, wow. That gave us a good chuckle. I, I, I do want the Niners to win. Not, not that I have anything against the chiefs. It's just enough already. Yeah, I don't seem to hate the Chiefs as much as the hatred of the Chiefs is that I can feel on Twitter. I I am tired of the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, tired of a lot of the things that are involved with it. Iowa fans and Iowa State fans are warring on the 49ers mm-hmm. because the Kittle and Purdy thing. I don't mind Purdy as much. I think he comes from a good family, and Iowa owned him. In college, so even if he wins a Super Bowl, it's like, wow, he could win a Super Bowl, but he could never beat Iowa. So I don't know. It, it, that doesn't bother me as much. But anyways. Yeah, fair. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.